In today's episode, we're diving into how to work as a social media manager without having to work 24-7 and offer a round-the-clock service. and welcome to JFDI with the two Lauras. If you're a freelance social media manager, you are in the right place. We're here to share tips, ideas and business advice to help you work as a freelance social media manager. And in today's episode, which is brought to you by Agora Pulse, we are talking about how you can work as a freelance social media manager and offer a great service to your clients without feeling like you're on call 24-7 and having clients contacting you at all hours. Oh, it sounds horrendous, doesn't it? Having clients contacting you at all hours. If you are one of those people who has this, please stay tuned because we are going to help you with this. I think it's important to say that just because social media never sleeps, like it never turns off, there's always somebody online posting something, having a rant about something or commenting on a post. It doesn't mean that you can't turn off. doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you can't sleep and have a break. Just because we are working in social media doesn't mean that we're on call 24-7. We can't take time off. It doesn't mean that we owe our clients every single minute of our day because we're responsible for their social media. And I think often sometimes clients might think that we are. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we can fix that problem. I struggle with this one. I'm not going to lie. It- what with you being on social all the time or with your clients? <laughs> Me being... Both. <laughs> feeling like I need to be on hand 24-7. Um, I, you know, and I'm not, and I because I physically can't be, but sometimes, you know, I think it, particularly around when there's been a problem or there's someone who's like kicking off and stuff, I'd just rather nip it in the bud knowing that it will make mm. my next day a lot easier if I just dealt with it there and then. Mm. So I do get it's hard and maybe that's a, an okay scenario to faffing around at nine o'clock at night on a Friday, but you certainly don't have to, but yeah, it was just to acknowledge that it's hard, I think. <laughs> do you need some counselling from me while we're on this podcast? Laura? Yeah, so let's, have, let's, have a, let's chat it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in order for a social media manager not to get into that situation in the first place, because I think you can nip it in the bud Mm. before it happens. Yeah. I think there's a few key places, a few key points in your process of winning a client and onboarding a client where you almost need to have those conversations so that they know what's expected. I don't think it's reasonable of us to expect a client to know what is expected. I think we need to, we need to educate them. And so I think you need to set those boundaries and those expectations right from day dot. So probably even in your marketing, before you ever have a conversation with somebody, you kind of need to make sure that, you know, they really understand what social media manager does and doesn't do. Would you agree that? Yeah, because I think to a degree, and I don't know this for sure, but I wonder whether businesses assume you'll be working when they're working. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. And for some social media managers, that will be the case. But for others who might only work afternoons or, you know, evenings even, then that conversation definitely needs to be had and and, or or documented for sure. Yeah. And I think also, like, if that's, maybe it's a small business owner who's never outsourced their social before and they've been doing it all themselves, then they probably are doing it all the time they probably are responding to the comments all the time and they're probably tired and have had enough of it which is why they want to pass it on to somebody else and they assume that they're going to be doing exactly that same thing too yeah so it's all a learning curve for them yeah so in your marketing is like the first place i think that 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 needs to be made clear but then also 
when you are in a discovery call, making sure that they understand how you work, when you are putting in your proposal, so you're outlining what it is that you will do, what they can and can't expect from you. And then during your onboarding as well. I think it's worth saying as well, like I never forget once having a lead from a client come into my email at like 2am and she was in this country. So it wasn't like there was a different time zone. It's like two, three, I can't remember now, two or three o'clock in the morning. And that should have been a red flag for me. That should have Mm. been me going, uh... (laughs) I don't think I want to work with someone who's going to be messaging. And clearly she was at like the end of her tether and like she needed to outsource. And I get that. And I agreed if she was up at that kind of time of day. But just have a think about that right from the start. If they, when you're booking in those kind of discovery calls and you've had that lead through, just be thinking, are they working in a way that I, that works for me? Because if their expectations is that, is that you're going to have a discovery call at nine o'clock at night, because that's when their child's gone to bed, maybe, and that doesn't work for you, then you'd be like, oh. And as much as we want to try and impress clients and be like, yeah, yeah, of course, I'm flexible, I'll do whatever. You you name it, I'll be there. All that. The reality is that isn't going to be the case. And you're not going to be wanting to speak to your client at nine o'clock, potentially every night You need, they need to speak to you. So do just try and think outside the box and not get carried away with the excitement of having a lead because mm. if they have slight red flags there you probably want to just be aware of them yeah and like I am totally somebody who would send an email in the middle of the night because it would be something that would come into my mind and if I didn't do it it wouldn't get done but I wouldn't be expecting them to reply back to me so I think there are I think it's kind of like that needs to be on your radar but you need to uncover whether or not that's you know, how they always work. And you can only do that if you have a discovery call, can't you? Like you can't judge it otherwise. Yeah. So I think that's really important. A hundred percent. You'd have to have those conversations. Mm. So discovery call proposal where you're outlining like how you work and all of that sort of thing so that they know right from the get-go if they're going to agree to your price and, you know, the service you're offering, they know what they're getting. But also in your onboarding, remind them again put it in your terms and conditions, put it in your contract, make sure that they know not only when they can contact you, but how they can contact you. So if you're somebody who prefers people to email you, they're not WhatsApping you. Or if you're somebody who prefers to only have contact maybe in Asana or Trello, they're not doing that and sending you text messages and phoning you every day, you know? Um, Because I think often, unless we set those boundaries and we tell people how we want to be communicated with, people will just communicate with us in the way that they normally communicate. And that's reasonable for them to do that if you haven't set that that boundary. Yeah. If you think you're going to struggle with those kind of things, then there are plenty of ways which we'll come on to. There are plenty of ways that you can kind of protect yourself, aren't there? Mm, um, yeah. Because as, as you said, Laura, you know, yes, you might send an email at three o'clock in the morning because it's on your mind and that might be the case with your clients. But You just need to make sure that there are ways in which you don't suddenly go, oh, I've got to reply to this at three o'clock in the morning to Mm. impress your client. Well, first of all, make sure you don't have your notifications on to wake you up at three o'clock in the morning. Well, yeah, obviously. (laughs) But if you're just scanning through TikTok like normally I am and it just uh, pops up. Um, so, and also I think it's important that they always know right from day dot, like what is the time scale between them getting in touch with you, maybe them sending you an email or a WhatsApp or getting into your Asana or wherever it is that you communicate and you replying so that they know, are you going to get back to them within 24 hours? Is it going to be the same business day? 
Do you offer like a two hour reply? What is that? So that they know from day dot how long they might have to wait because there's nothing more annoying than thinking that somebody's going to get back to you that same day and they don't. But if, yeah. if you know that, then that's fine because you're not just sitting there waiting then. The same can be said for holidays, bank holidays, you know, Christmas mm. times, those kind of things. Have that conversation, get that documented right at the start because when they're signing that contract, they're signing the contract in full knowledge of how you work. So if there is ever a problem and then later in the year, he, you know, he or she says, oh, I need you to do this on Christmas Day. And you'll be like, no, I don't work Christmas Day. And you know that you've signed the contract, you've agreed to it. No. And, and it's, a, it's a clear way to just be able to support yourself by saying, no, this isn't, this isn't what you've signed. Do you think that it's, it depends on the kind of business you're working with because some businesses like a larger business maybe that's i don't know maybe they all work from an office and they've got a big team they wouldn't be contacting their staff like on a bank holiday or out of hours so are they less likely do you think to get in touch with a freelancer out of hours than maybe a small business who's run from home i don't know i think that comes down to your client doesn't it because people are just different yeah maybe like i think my clients he'll text me all the time and he's got staff and just doesn't seem to change. Does he listen to our podcast? But I don't mind <laughs> him texting me whenever he wants. That's not the problem. The problem mm. would be if I was responding at all yeah, of those yeah. times. So it is about having that self-control of your boundaries. Yeah, not kind of ruining it for yourself by replying. Mm. So in terms of putting those like messages in front of your potential leads or existing clients, what do you think is the best way to do that? I know we're biased, but without doubt, the social media manager toolkit is going to help you with that because it, it gives you everything you need. So you can literally tick through when you send your you know business terms across, it's got in there what you need to be saying. It's got everything in there. So it you can kind of just go through it methodically and you know that you're not missed out on any important parts of that onboarding, um, on the discovery calls, all of those things. We actually had um, a testimonial this week from someone who bought the toolkit this week. So within 24 hours, she left us a really nice testimonial that said, uh, the toolkit is a perfect mix of practical tools, useful tips and straight talking advice. So, if you want that, if you need that clarity, if you need that simplicity um, to just be able to move forward with confidence, knowing that you've got everything you need, then go check out the toolkit. It's at the twolauras.com forward slash toolkit. We will put the link in the show notes. Um, and obviously, we're more than happy to answer any questions if you've got any about the toolkit. So let's say we have won that new client. We've done all of that. Um, we've, you know, set out the boundaries in the terms of business. We've told them in the proposal. We've done all of that. How do we then make sure that things don't kind of slip and regardless of what we've said, regardless of what we've written, we don't accidentally kind of get into those bad habits? I think the key is to, and we've touched on this already, it's about your response. If someone replies to you, texts you or emails you at nine o'clock at night, don't reply or if you do reply which is what I always do 
especially obviously this is for email, is I will schedule my response to go to them at nine o'clock or 9am the next day or the start of whenever my next working day is. Obviously it will all vary for all of us, but that I think really helps because yes, you might actually have seen that email come in at nine o'clock and you might be more than happy to reply to it because you're bored of watching Selling Sunset on Netflix. So you just go, oh, sod Who it. would be bored of that, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> you just think, oh God, I'll just reply to it now. But just schedule that response. Because although you don't mind, it's about how that looks to them. It's kind of them saying, mm. you're kind of saying, look, I don't mind. I don't mind you emailing me now. Of course I'll reply. And they'll get used to that. So then the expectation is you would always reply to them. And because then we're people pleasers, you'll always go, oh God, I'm going to have to reply to this. And then it's a very slippery slope. And the longer that goes on without you addressing it, the harder it is to get out of it. Like I always, I always answer the phone to my client or like, because I've always got my phone attached to me. It's very, very rarely that I don't answer the phone. And when I don't, and I ring him back, probably normally like five minutes later, I'll ring you back. He'll be like, where were you? (laughs) he's like i started to panic (laughs) and he's obviously only joking but it's a fact that but it just shows that it's like you've all you've accidentally set an expectation isn't it yeah yeah without even meaning to it's like when like if you've said that you're going to reply to people within 24 hours or you'll get the back to them you know within 48 hours or whatever it is if you then reply within five minutes and you reply within five minutes, five times in a row, they forget yeah. you've ever mentioned 24 hours and they yeah. think that you're always going to get straight back to them. So you kind of have to stick to your half of the bargain. Yeah, it's really, really hard as well, I think, when you first start working with a client because you really want to please them and you want to show that you're mm. keen and responsive and, you know, a dream to work with and you just get on with things and blah, 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 blah. Like, a, like it's really hard, I think, because you... So which is why you're response times etc need to be realistic you know don't keep them waiting for three days (laughs) you know you've got to be realistic about it but yeah don't don't ruin it don't ruin it straight away or at any point by those those response times and actually we now live in a world I sound really old you know we now live in a world where (laughs) you can use all the features on all the tech now you know like an iphone and our laptops you can have the different focus modes so when you're in work mode you can only access certain apps and for certain times and then when you're in personal time or whatever you call it you can have other apps and so there are all lots of ways you can easily just say well hang on I don't want to look at this so I'm not I'm going to these apps aren't going to be available to me after 5 p.m you know make your gmail not accessible (laughs) you know all of these things they're available to us it's things like use whatsapp for business because then you can just have an out of you can have an out of office response on that you can have that divide can't you between your personal life and your your work life make sure you're using a work email don't use a Mm. your blooming gmail hotmail account or what have you use a work email because then you can create that divide it is very very different a difficult sorry i think for when you know on an evening when i want to go on tiktok and and look at how harry styles has performed that day i and look at all his tiktoks and then i happen to see loads of notifications on a client account or when I go into the app I'm logged into the client account and and then up up pops a comment and you're like oh god I'm gonna have to reply to that because I'm gonna forget like don't get into that 
or and it, or if there's a problem and I've done this a lot if there's a problem that someone made a complaint or someone's put an arsey message on social and you need to respond to it if you if you choose to respond to it then that's fine and I would because I'd rather nip it in the bud assuming I'm available to do that but I wouldn't tell the client about it necessarily until the next day because I don't want to have to get into a conversation with them obviously in extreme cases then I obviously would uh, and that's where you need to have an understanding of how you deal with those kind of crisis management situations but on the whole I will try and just not speak to (laughs) not speak to my clients out of hours unless I absolutely have to and then what happens if you have done all of that and you've kind of tried to make sure that you're not accidentally setting those expectations but yet they still overstep and they still come, you know, contact you out of hours or expect you to reply within an hour and you're not and they're chasing you again. Like, how can you pull that back? And we get asked these kind of questions a lot. And the answer is always the one that no one wants anybody to say. And the answer is always you're going to have to have a conversation with them, as awkward as it may be, because no one wants to annoy their clients. Um, but you just need to be honest. You just need to say, mm. look, I'm noticing that you're messaging me a lot on an evening. I'm, you know, it's not how I work. Can I just remind you that ideally I'm not going to be replying to these? And you can say, look, I'm, it's my fault. I've been replying to you, but I just need to rein it in a bit um, just to let you know I'm I'm going back to sticking to my boundaries that I sh- shared with you at the when we started working together. You, know, you just got to have that conversation. And, you know, I think most people would really respect that. I think most people would yeah. really understand because you're working with people who are also managing, obviously, their own business. And they get they get how hard it is often to, to keep that divide between work and personal life. And so they should respect that. If they don't and they're arsy with you, then that speaks volumes, personally. And that would, to me, be a big... Uh, uh, And I would be looking at how to get rid of that client and replace it because I just, there's no point working with people who don't respect you and don't respect your boundaries. Either that or I would push back on them with an increased service at a much higher rate. Nice. Like if you want to contact me out of hours, this is how much it costs. Do you want me to send you an invoice now? They'll probably go, no, you're all right. I'll just contact you during office hours. Yeah. It'll all be fine. We um, worked with a freelancer recently, didn't we, Laura? We worked with her for a few months. And right at that onboarding time, she said, I will respond to you within whatever time. I can't remember the details now. But it clearly said, if you have last minute requests or need something done within last, I can't remember the wording, (laughs) don't quote me, there would be a... 500 pound it wasn't that fee but it was and I was like I loved it I absolutely loved yeah, it I we just thought, it thought was brilliant yeah I just thought this is just it was so clear there was no messing mm. it made us go okay we need to make sure we're organized we cannot be letting like last minute requests go to her and it was brilliant and I think we can all do that so have like um last minute out of hours fees on your contracts and you know, de- yeah, all last the minute changes to content, all of yeah. that sort of stuff. Put mm. a fee on it. And she was, she totally owned it. She didn't even yeah. quibble. It there was no, oh, oh, just just to let you know. Um, um, oh, it was just that was it. That was the deal. Yeah. You you suck it up or you don't. And I absolutely loved it because we knew exactly where we stood. And actually, when we did have to incur those fees because we did get them, I think twice, maybe twice. It, <laughs> there wasn't a discussion. It was just on no, the invoice. Just on the like, invoice. Here you go. 
It's yeah. just on the invoice. We were like, oh crap, we've got to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Thought, she, thought, <laughs> yeah. thought she'd let us get away with that one. Yeah. 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 It, and no, we couldn't argue with it. We absolutely no. categorically couldn't because we were we were we had been too late. We had missed mm. her deadline. It yeah. was brilliant, you know. So where we all sit there and say, and I get it, like I've been there. Oh, my client's not my client's not giving me any content. Actually, we should all be writing into our contracts. If you don't provide me with content by the fifteenth of every month, then I will be in. You will incur a £400 fee because I'm going to have to go and spend hours looking for stock photos or creating graphics and whatever that may be. Mm. Yeah, we should all be doing that because we all know clients are pretty rubbish at getting content like photos, videos to us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I really want somebody after listening to this podcast to message us and tell us that they have changed their terms of business and they've put that clause in there. Oh, do so it, if that do is you, <laughs> drop into our DMs and let us know. Do it, please. Go on, someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so to recap then, the best way to make sure that you don't feel like you're on call 24-7 and that you don't feel like you can't take a break when you work as a social media manager, because you absolutely can take a break, you absolutely should, is to make sure that you have set your boundaries and your expectations well in advance. You keep reminding them of those expectations and you're doing everything in your power to hold up your side of the bargain and adhere to them yourself. And then you need just need to be confident about pulling them back into line if needs be. And I think Laura says this all the time. Remember that this is your business and you can work however you like in your business. It's your rules. If they're hiring you, they have to abide by your rules because it's your business. So Mm. be firm on them. So we'd love to hear if you found this episode useful. So please drop us a review wherever you're listening and we'll see you the same time, same place next week. Toodles. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.